Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Marcos Leon and a group of faith workers share a time of meditation and learning about practices that can nurture your soul. This week, they focus on the topic Rhythms of Sabbath, Resting. This conversation was originally recorded in August of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. Gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you I'm gonna look twice Welcome. We are in our weekly meditations. We are, this is our second session regarding or exploring what, the, what we call uh, the rhythms of Sabbath. Right? We are thinking uh, and exploring about meditations and practices that may be helpful to nurture our souls, especially in the context of the circumstances that we live with the virus. And Sabbath, it is for sure a, an important one. So we're trying to explore this in the four different rhythms uh, about what what does it mean to keep the Sabbath, to explore the Sabbath? So let me share my screen with you and start our, our second rhythm. Our second rhythm is resting. So we, we talked about ceasing last week and we're going to talk about resting today. A reminder that it is good for my soul, probably. I have to admit that a lot of this learning is a learning that comes very personal. Uh, it's an invitation of God to my own soul to observe, to remember the Sabbath. And it's so good for me to remember that there is no judgment or no condemnation, uh, that the love of God is not at stake. But this is about learning. It's the voice of, of God inviting me to learn. This invitation came to me through this, this uh, quote of Julian of Norwich. She writes, we seek rest where there is no rest. And therefore we are uneasy. God is the true rest who wants to be known. God finds pleasure in being our true resting place. How pointing really in it is this reminder or this uh, awareness in a way that uh, here we are seeking for rest in places where we cannot find rest. And considering that God's desire is to become, is, is, is to become a resting place. So just to give a context, there's a lot, there are a lot of passages probably to give context. I, I will choose a couple passages each time we explore another two passages last week, but this week I've been learned to, or drawn to, to Psalm 23, famous, famous passage, right? But this invitation to rest, beautiful words, beautiful truths, beautiful promises. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in, in green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I think it's Ruth Haley Barton talks about, uh, you know, he makes you, right? And sometimes Sabbath, and we don't, we're not careful and we don't 
you know, keep Sabbath. And remember, this is not legalistic or this is not a, a, a kind of uh, uh, judgment, but sometimes when we don't practice Sabbath, Sabbath becomes uh, or comes to our lives in the way of a, of a sickness, in the way of, of a body that has not uh, learned their limits and, and we're forced into this Sabbath. And he makes me lay, lay down in green pastures. The grace of God sometimes looks like the obligation for me to rest. He leads me beside, beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But I like a lot, of, and there are so many things to, to like about this, this, this passage, but um, you know, he leads me. This, this connection of resting and guidance of God leading me. And uh, one of the biggest questions for many people that I talk with in either co coaching, counseling, spiritual direction, is this need of direction. You know, I really need guidance. I really need the help of God to know which is the path that I should take. And in this passage, we have this connection. There is in, in a lying down in green pasture. In letting God lead me to this resting place, there is guidance for my soul. Another passage, uh, Mark 6, 30, 31, uh, 31, this is Jesus talking to the apostles. and He says, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they have done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. How beautiful. Care. So can I, can I see Sabbath as this invitation of Jesus to come with him to a quiet place to rest a while? Who would say no? Right? Who would say no? The context is ministry, and uh, the two things that come to mind is if I know something about ministry in this pandemic season is that it's exhausting. I don't know you, but every pastor, every person who is in ministry I talk with, they report tiredness like never before. Part of that is probably the creativity that is required, and the new skills that we need to learn, the learning curve. Part of that is uh, it's just that there are more need. There, there is more need for, for ministry. I read uh, something about uh, this working from home dynamic, right? That for many of us are still living, had increased two hours, two hours daily, two more hours every day of work. It's an average <laughs> because there are no transitions, right? So here we are. So. How long can we sustain that? I mean, here we have, you know, Jesus himself is telling his people, his beloved ones, and I think he's telling us as his beloved ones to let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. What a beautiful invitation. Anyway, we will do more passages in the future, right? Let's explore a rhythm. I'm, I'm using this, uh, the rhythms of the book of, of uh, Marva Dawn that uh, have been really meaningful for me in understanding Sabbath. 
keeping Sabbath holy. She she invites us to consider four rhythms or four ways to understand Sabbath: ceasing, resting, embracing, and feasting. So when we talk about resting, Martin Luther says the spiritual rest writes the spiritual rest which God particularly intends in this commandment is this that we not only cease from our labor and trade but much more that we let God alone work in us and that we do nothing of our own with all our powers. So there is such a such a need in in many of us to make ourselves to make ourselves ourselves <laughs> in a way to form ourselves alone you know i'm gonna make me you know it's my will and there's a lot of good stuff with the willpower there's a gift of god that we live in a society and there's no judgment in my words it's just maybe every society that we we uh, experience a reality that tells us that we have to make ourselves, that it is us making ourselves. And, you know, Sabbath changes, and this is Matthew Luther's invitation. So what if you rest and God works? Can we believe that? You know, let God alone work in me. What does it mean? It seems that I'm fair, right? Now I should be doing something, Lord. Yes, you will. But Sabbath is a time to be, to receive this blessing of irresponsibility of saying, Lord, I'm just going to sleep. <laughs> you know, I'm going to let you be the one at working me and trust you work even when I am sleeping. Five perspectives. A spiritual rest. What does it mean, this rhythm of resting? Let's start with the spiritual. Probably it is meaningful because we need it. We don't know how to rest spiritually. We don't have many teachers that model this to us. We learn a lot of other kind of stuff. But we don't have spiritual teachers to teach us this kind of stuff. So if you can think that we go from ceasing to rest, Right, it is. It has a different connotation. Ceasing is a stopping. Resting is not only a stopping. There's something more involved in resting, right? That is deeper and is satisfying and is restoring. We can cease and not rest, right? But the the, the analogy here is is going from idolatry to faith. You know that when we were talking about letting God work in us, what does it mean? The idolatry of me making myself me providing for myself, me bringing the security that I need of myself, me being in control, being sort of my own God, to faith and trusting the, the work of God. Uh, the picture that I have is Psalm 131 always, you know, this, my soul is like this winged child, you know, in the arms of a mother. And uh, that is a beautiful picture. The child can't not be responsible. For anything, you know, we are so defenseless, so dependent, and I think that's a place of Sabbath, right? Lord, I'm dependent on you completely. God is our work when we rest, right? Think of that: the trust of the evening and going to sleep 
completely vulnerable. I may say that I am conscious that some people might say, oh my gosh, this is bringing a lot of anxiety, <laughs> right? Because we go to sleep and we become defenseless. Right? We are not aware. Anything can happen. We're asleep. <laughs> We're not prepared. And the truth is that we rest that way, hopefully, right? And uh, at the next, uh, the next morning, we wake up to a new day and we have not done anything during the night to make that new day possible. This is the existential reality. Every day is a gift made completely by God. Not anything that we have done as humanity either makes the gift of a new day possible, but God alone. So God works when we rest. Actually, there's a, a couple of places in the Bible that says he doesn't sleep, right? So I can rest. I love this psalm. I, I sometimes tell this to my kids in a way. I will lay down and sleep, and sleep for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. We have to come back to that childhood memory to be able to enter in Sabbath. God enfolds us while we rest. Think of that spiritually. Can I rest? Can my spirit take a break? What does it mean? What does it look like for my spirit to rest in this rest that God gives? And the essence of that is trust. Trust. Your spirit and my spirit rest when we learn how to trust in God. Like a baby, trusting that the mom will be there tomorrow and milk will be provided tomorrow, etc., etc. And we adults become a little bit more anxious about it. Rest, thinking of, of God as a resting place, as a, our home for our spirits. Augustine writes, O oh Lord, thou hast made us and our spirits are restless until we rest in thee. Beautiful, beautiful words, I think. Think of home. I have moved in several times in different countries. And uh, when I think of home, there's some invitation to rest. I can see also that in my wife when we go to her, her parents' house. Somehow she's less anxious. Well, it depends, right? We talk about family of origin, but she has a very healthy family. And when she gets there, there is this like, ah, oh, this is so good to be here with mom and dad. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Second view of, of, of seeing resting or, or rest uh, is physical rest, right? And probably this is a little bit easier to understand. There's a story that uh, in that book, uh, Keep the Sabbath Holy, I, I like it. I will tell it very briefly. There's a, a caravan. It's actually a caravan from San Luis to Oregon of Christians. All of them are Christians and they kind of... They start this, this trip a little bit late, so, so winter might come, and winter is dangerous. They don't want to be wintering the trip. They have to get there quickly. So what they do is uh, they have an arguments, you know, inside of that being a Christian group, travelers, and say, some of them say, no, we need to keep going. We need, we, we need to keep going. You know, we cannot be here in the, in the winter. And the other says, no, we need to keep the Sabbath. We need to keep the Sabbath. And there is a the, kind of a, Argument and they decide to separate, and a group of people who think that they can have to keep going, kept going, and the group of people who decide to keep uh, Sabbath and rest, you know, so they divide. 
and you probably have heard, I don't know, guess who, who arrived first? Obviously, the people who kept the Sabbath. And there's a lot of good stuff. You know, they say, I don't think it's only a miracle. There is something about the resting and the rhythms that is helpful. So do, you, do we push harder or do we let God renew us, trusting that the next time that we engage in something, he is going to produce such an ability and capacity for us to move forward. I have had experiences like this, you know, and I have to admit to my uh, detriment that I am one of the, the ones who knows how to push harder. I believe that cars comes with only one, <laughs> one pedal, you know, the gas pedal. And that is it. When I'm anxious, I push hard, push hard. A lot of that is formation and stuff. But I've had spaces or experiences when I say, no, I'm going to trust. And suddenly I can tell you the preparation or whatever needed to be done is done more easily. So that is the, one of the things that we get with physical rest. There's a study in the University of Arizona. They say that our bodies work on a biological clock that, that works on, on, on a 25-hour cycle. So not 24, but 25 so that's why every six days we need rest, extra rest. What, a, what an interesting, this is, this is not a Christian thing, but they say that failing to rest after six days of a steady work will lead to insomnia, sleepiness, hormonal imbalances, fatigue, irritability, organ stress, and other increasingly serious physical and mental symptoms. What about that? You know, I talk with a lot of people and myself, sometimes I, I, I experience this. Pushing and pushing and pushing and no resting also leads to all kinds of addictions. All kinds of things that we should not do. From eating to, to whatever else, other thing that we do. There's something that it is out the design of God, out of integrity, as we say in faith walking, when we don't rest. We need to unplug especially in a world full of connectivity, overconnected. We need to learn to unplug, as Jesus did with the disciples. And we need to learn the value of nature as a resting element. You and I were created in the context of nature. I don't know if we will ever evolve completely to not need nature. I don't know. Might be a, the, the case for a movie. But um, nature and unplugging are important for physical rest. Moving on, resting. Another way to understand rest, emotional rest. Sabbath is a time in which we create a space, and that is really create a space. Intentionality is there to face our emotions as they are, trusting in the loving presence and provision of God to meet us where we are and bring healing where healing is needed. So have you, have you been in those seasons of life where sadness is so prevalent that you have slept, uh, sometimes overslept, but here you are, you're exhausted emotionally. There's this high intensity like machines, the, the computer that is, and you're not doing anything. I say, oh my God, what's going on? It is overheating. Something is going on inside. A lot of that is connected with our emotions. And I think the work of faith walking connects beautifully with this because it gives us tools. 
tools and skills to deal with our emotions, to face them. You know, the problem of, of not facing, of not resting from our emotions is it comes of the inability that we have to face our emotions. So we pretend that not thinking of the emotion is going to make, make the emotion go away. That is not the case. Emotions are there. And the only way to really deal with emotion is to face it. And when I say face it, I don't say fix it. I just say face it. A, a child is crying because he's scared. And you say, don't be scared. Doesn't help. Don't be scared. Doesn't help. Stop crying. Doesn't help. Actually, you're just escalating. It's a lot of connection with anxiety. Only when you're able to lower the same level of the child and look the child in the eyes and say, are you scared? And the child might say, yes. Something happens. So it's an element of acknowledging, honoring the emotion, catharsis, right? And you can move on. Eventually, you stop crying. And then you can explain and learn whatever you want. So think of suddenly this catharsis, like this God coming down and look, coming down and looking at yourself in the eye and say, what are you feeling? What is troubling you, my child? Are you scared? Yes, Lord, I'm scared. I'm scared about fill the blank. Two hours later after journaling, you will see how much clarity. But you know, we have to face it. And we sometimes don't do that on a daily basis or we don't have enough time. We just touch the surface. So emotional rest is creating that space. Hope is remember and restore. Should we remember and should we restore in Sabbath? What are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hoping God, for I shall again praise him. My salvation. Hmm. In Sabbath, we have time to write things like that to our soul. What are you in turmoil, O oh my soul? Because we slow down to be able to see, my gosh, I am in turmoil. <laughs> I am in turmoil. Think of, of this. Um, again, there's no judgment in my words, but sometimes Sabbath is not Sabbath. It is just a day for chores. The other chores. <laughs> the chores that you cannot do in your working days. So you see the difference. The creating space and intentionality to rest goes there. A time of solitude and a time of community, or for solitude and for community. You know, emotional rest, I think, comes in those rhythms as we breathe in and breathe out. We need solitude and we need community. And uh, our emotions are served, honored, and we are able to rest from them as we have those, those rhythms too. There's a moment of community and there's a moment of solitude. Sabbath is not necessarily, unless for introverts, you know, say, oh my gosh, I don't want to see anybody. Well, that might be telling you something else too. Good conversation is good for your emotions. Processing aloud is so good for your emotions. We, we do that through, through coaching in, in faith walking. Sometimes it's just a good friend. Sometimes it's the small group time that we have, right? Anyway, resting our emotions, emotional rest. One more, uh, intellectual rest. I'm going to go a little bit faster. A time for a larger perspective to view our fragmented existence in light of a larger whole shalom perspective. 
So I like the analogy. Have you been in a plane, right? And it's, rain, it's raining down, it's raining. Oh my gosh, the day is so fast. Sometimes I even wonder how, how the guys can take off in planes when it's raining so bad. But anyway, they can, right? And then you go up and you gain altitude, 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 and suddenly, boom, you break through the, through the clouds of the storm. And you come to this amazing sky that is blue and the sun is shining and you say, what in the world? All of this is happening here and down there. It is this rain. Perspective. Perspective. Intellectual rest is fragmented. It is caught into the, the, the ideas and the, and the kind of pieces of life. What, what does it mean to, to gather an integral of intellectual, intellectual capacity into a bigger perspective, shalom perspective? Right. What will be the thoughts? What will be the, the most important thoughts when, when my life is ending? <laughs> That's another big way to understand what is really important. Is this job really important? Well, maybe it is. I don't want to diminish it. You know, is this problem really important? Greater perspective. Shalom. A time to stimulate the joy of our creating thinking, distinguishing between our, our individual thinking. You know, it's like a monkey mind thinking sometimes. To accomplish, to get, to do. And compare that with our capacity to think with God. For shalom to be restored. Shalom in my life, in my family. What does it mean this? What is really the ultimate thing? Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What brings rest to your mind? Sometimes our, our minds are only in the negative. Bigger perspective will give us rest. Finally, resting. Social rest. I like this a lot. So social rest, think of social rest as an alternative to social unrest. This is very connected with purpose or with mission. But it starts in your own heart and it starts in Sabbath. It's a time to rest from what causes injustice in order to restore justice. It's a rest of judgment. Is a rest of strife. Is a rest of bitterness. Is a rest of resentment. Here I am, resented with my brother because da, 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 da. and yeah, there's a space for that. Although, what if I could enter Sabbath and say, "I'm gonna rest from that bitterness, judgment, menuha." You know, this word is kind of comes from the from the uh, Hebrew, right? And it's very connected with Sabbath. They actually, when we were reading the, the still waters in Psalm 23, of them, it's not menuha waters, it's menuha, or it's, it's derived from the same, the same word, it's the, the, the waters of, of, of rest. So Abraham Heschel, a scholar, a Hebrew, Hebrew uh, learning, he says that to the, to the biblical mind, menuha is the same as happiness and stillness, as peace and harmony. Harmony is a good word. I like it. It is the state in which there is no strife and not fighting, no fear and not distrust. Mm, not distrust in my brother. Sometimes I tell my kids they fight a lot. Like five and, and I mean seven and six. Oh my gosh, they're, they're big. Seven and six year old, so they fight a lot. And I say, come on, guys, 
you're going to be the best friends. <laughs> lay down, lay down, reconcile in a way, or just let it go. Don't, don't hold on the grudge, don't hold on the, on the conversation or, or the arguments. You know? This is such a, what I feel God is telling me. This is a time to restore your social, your relationships. Resting from hostility with the others in our lives, whatever that other is. You know, if you did Facebook in 301, you know what we are talking about. Who is the other in my life, right? Whoever thinks differently, does differently. So what if you rest from the hostility in, in, in between one group and another group? And doing Sabbath, you just remember that we are one. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. I love it. It's possible in Sabbath and it's possible only in Christ. Because in my own flesh, there is no way that I can break down the, the wall of hostility. No way. I, I try. No way. I fuse or I, 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 I do things that are not healthy. But in Christ, that is the trust in you, Lord. In this Sabbath, you resting, I can find peace. Very briefly, just to close, let me read you or take, give you another, some, some things that um, are helpers for Sabbath. I'm sorry, for rest, for nature. I think I mentioned that. Nature helps me rest. Beauty. Beauty helps me rest. Whatever kind of beauty you see, you see beauty that is uh, art, uh, visual, uh, flowers, beauty. God is the God of all beauty. Everything that is beautiful reflects something of the character of God. Good literature. Uh, you know, and uh, sometimes I, I'm reading only books that are too deep, <laughs> you know, it's school time. Oh my gosh, I'm reading all only books for school. What about greatest stories, adventure, biographies? What is your cup of tea? Good literature. Poetry. Poetry has a special, it's a window for my soul. You know, it, it, it engages the soul, actually the mind in a different way. Music rests. Good music, beautiful music. Order. <laughs> Or that helps me, which is a problem sometimes, right? I, 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 you know, when I'm anxious, I, I sweep. <laughs> the thing is, uh, there's a level of order. And in the context of Sabbath, it means that there's some preparation sometimes to do so I can enjoy Sabbath. You know, because it's very hard to enjoy Sabbath in a messy house, <laughs> at least for me, right? Silence, solitude, we do that. Creative work, work that brings life. Good stuff. Finish with this quote of Marva Dawn. I like her connection. She, she does this very well. She says, Sabbath keeping, Sabbath keeping changes our character. We will be irre irrevocably transformed by the commitment to a special days set aside for our relationship with God. And that transformation will result in thinking and attitudes and emotions and behaviors consistent with the character of the God who is the focus of our Sabbath keeping. So you see, it's a realignment. It is not just a law. It is not legalistic. It is not just good to rest, okay? Take a deep breath because you're going to have to work another six days. It is actually a 
practice of integrity. Remember in faith walking, I will point three things with Sabbath and with the teachings that we have. First, integrity. We come back to our own design. We things come back to the way that things were meant to be for me, for my soul, for my mind, for my emotions, for my body. Second, boundaries. I am a limited being with limited forces living in a very challenging world. I need to recognize that limits of those boundaries, healthy boundaries help me define myself, realize who I am. And finally, the reflective life and this capacity that I have to um, create a space and grow in intimacy with God. So there you have lots of ideas. Okay, so let's stop here. Love to hear. This is a group time. This is for the next 15 minutes. I would love to hear questions, comments. What what produces some resonance, dissonance, what needs clarification? How this speaks to you? Everything is crystal clear. Oh my gosh. The only thing that's really coming to mind right now is just because I, I was listening and I was writing as you were saying, but it's just yes. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yes. <laughs> all of this. <laughs> um, I, I did think when you were talking about taking an intellectual rest, um, I have found myself doing, I'm an avid reader, but I don't read for pleasure. Usually I read because I have a great desire to learn and just different things. So I have intentionally um, practiced reading some fiction and, you know, I look at, I follow different people on social media that, um, suggest books and that sort of thing. So I find one that's, and it, it does, it gives my brain a little bit of a rest from all the deeper things, <laughs> you know, and I, I like that. So I enjoyed all, all these suggestions and I just, I think humans were just so resistant to resting. And it's like resting is wrong. <laughs> yeah. We shouldn't be yeah. resting is lazy. Yeah, in our is, culture, yeah, I think in our yeah. culture that I don't know if it's the American culture is like you have to be productive, yeah. <laughs> so we don't consider resting productive. <laughs> exactly, it is. It is really, uh, you know, sort of an idolatry, you know, to productivity. You are whatever you produce. Mm. Mm. Right, Trish. Thank you. I think the difficulty with that is I don't think our culture has the idea of rest being Sabbath rest, which is why I think there's judgment and resistance maybe to that rest is because it's not true rest. It's binging television. It's 
isolating and being on your phone. It's drinking, you know, all the going and getting your nails done, like things that are self care. And that's, that's not true Sabbath rest. And I think while you were sharing, it just was like, this is so difficult. It's, it's an intentional life and not allowing the culture to dictate how you live that life and what is true rest versus uh, what is just society saying, take care of yourself for 30 minutes a day. That's what the science says, you know, and there is research that says that, but Sabbath is so much more than that. The lifestyle. Excellent. Jennifer is an excellent point. You know, the way that I, I say it is uh, this is a distinction between candy and nutrition, right? Both of them are food and I don't know if both of them make you feel good, but there is there is a rest that is candy that's full of sugar that they're going to make you happy. And, uh, you know, there is a space for, for, for all of that, for sugar, but it is not true rest. Have you seen kids when you give them only sugar all day? Oh my gosh, horrible. Right, and there is there is kind of a nurtures nutritious meal that that is also enjoyable. It's not kale. It's not only salad that you don't like. It is it is also enjoyable, and that is the rest that we are seeking and we are looking for. And we some what you hear you saying is we don't know how to. We don't. We need to learn. We we need to learn, and I think the the Hebrew tradition, the, the it is very rich. Uh, I was reading that in the kind of the catechism, if you want, of the, the, the Jews. There is a question that says, "What God created on the seventh day?" You know, creation is six days, seven days is the day of rest. So they ask, "So what was created on the seventh day?" And the, the response is something like peace, rest, and harmony. Such a beautiful idea. Something was created in rest. You know, since the rest is absence or fulfillment, right? Which one we choose? And it's a mindset that we need to be aware, offer to God so we can learn and change. Great points. What else? Any other common question? Uh, Just one last thing. I've been really interested in this idea of rest with the virus because... There is a group of people, of course, that things have picked up for them and they've had to work much harder. Kind of like you were talking about and also outside of the home, you know, hospital workers, like people on the front lines, essentially. But there's many, many people who this has forced them to not be able to do their norm and go, you know, in our, our small group, we were talking about like going to a coffee shop, like. And that's a great place to, and you know, we can't even do things like that. So all that to say is this has been for our society, a force for many people, a forced 
rests and people have to deal with their stuff because it's in their face because they can't distract themselves with all of the things we've been distracting ourselves with our whole adult life. Um, and so I think this message is so powerful and needed as a Christian and, you know, as a society is what is true rest when you're, when you're forced. Cause you had talked about how it will find you. You don't find it. It will find you eventually. And it's like, as a society, or a world rather, it has found us. And I, that's really fascinating. And how are we dealing with it? Very good. Yeah, they call these the great pause already, right? The force pause. And, and you know, you, you, you evoke in me uh, this, uh, this is the process also in me, you know, uh, as all this ha- has happened. And, for me, all this COVID started uh, in a season that was very busy, finishing school, finishing other things, starting with other things, and running and functional. Hey, getting things done, <laughs> and suddenly, boom! You know, all this happens. And the way that I will put it is, um, so I'm becoming aware how scattered I have been giving a little bit of me, 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 everywhere. And I, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm very challenged lately, uh, I was challenged with reading meditation early, earlier or later this last week about, so if, if I will be invited by God to do only one or two things with integrity for the rest of my life, while those two things would be. Boom. I'm still wrestling. But I think that I can get to those places intuitively. I know that I can only get to answers, the help of God, as I rest. So that, that's the connection that we're making, right? Hmm. Very good. I remember one um, many years ago, somebody talking about the Sabbath rest used um, the image of a fishbowl. And if, if you shake up the fishbowl, all you see is the sand swirling around and you can't see the fish and you can't enjoy the beauty of it. And that just came to mind because I think that, that so much of life is that swirling around where we don't get a chance to see what, what's really happening. And we need that rest to be able to let the things settle so that we get the image of what's beautiful, what God has created, and what God is doing. Um, I haven't thought about that fishbowl image in probably 30 years, but it came just then, so it seemed appropriate. Thank you, Judith. Great image. Yeah, from that uh, resting place, we can see better. We are guided. We can choose. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you. Thank you all for for your input. I encourage you to to consider this Sabbath this week. You know, I know that we are talking on a Monday. It seems like a long shot for but you know what what does it mean to seize Stop uh, and then, how does it mean to engage in resting? 
uh, where God is inviting you to rest. Okay. This Sabbath. Remember that all the information, and we can talk about Sabbath forever, but the transformation that God produces takes place as we practice, as we experience, as we try. And we don't have to practice perfectly, but we have to, to start somewhere with one thing. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, let me share my screen one more time. and share with you uh, I think I yes our blessing may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace For more information about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us/donate. Thank you for listening. Until I see the Christ in you. Till I'm looking through the eyes of love. I'm looking through the eyes of